Hey mamas, while I have your attention for just a few more seconds, I couldn't wait to get on here and share with you all about this app that I'm recording all of my podcasts for you through. It's called Anchor, and it is truly the easiest way to make a podcast. Don't believe me? Let me break it down and explain to you. First and foremost, it's free. That's right, it does not cost you one cent. And even better, there's actually creation tools inside the app that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's really that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You also can make money from your podcast, hello, with no minimum listenership. So, As in the words of Jerry Maguire, we can all say, show me the money, baby. Basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So moms, as you know, I support every mama having a voice. Your voice needs to be heard. So go ahead, go download the free Anchor app today and get your voice heard. Share what you're passionate about. Go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's Anchor. .fm to get started, and I look forward to listening to you very soon. Hey, all you mamas out there. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Moms Matter, where, as you guys know, every mom has a voice. I created this podcast with the heart that moms out there would come to grow and to learn from one another, but also see that they matter and what they have to say matters. And this mom that I'm interviewing today is no different. I actually met her when I was going through a huge transformation myself um, as a woman and one that I did not do so behind closed doors. I was actually being trained by this fantastic woman um, behind the scenes have you on a show called Fat Chance, which was on TLC. We trained together uh, back in 2015 and where my trainer, Joey, got a lot of the glory um, for a lot of uh, my training and a lot of my success. I would not be where I am today without this woman. And without further ado, I would like to officially introduce and welcome Miss Serena Settlemeyer to the podcast. Hello, girl. Hi, Shans. Pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to connect with moms all over the globe and just share my story. And, and it's just crazy that I think about how we both started just our relationship and how we first got to know each other. And I was thinking that when I was preparing for this you know, podcast, I was thinking, wow, you know, the last time, uh, you know, we were together was actually at your baby shower. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> it was at my baby shower. Yeah, yeah. Back when, you know, we both were um, in the same time zone as right now we're, we're many hours away. But that's what I love about the connection of the internet is that we can connect and and just continue that relationship. And so uh, since we first met, we both have become moms. And I want to just start this podcast with you, um, like every mom does, telling us about your beautiful little girl and tell us about uh, where you guys are at and what you do um, for fun and what you do with your Well, um, let's see. I'm a single mom, actually to a three-year-old little girl. Um, I've been a, I became a single mom a year into having her. Um, so life got a little more challenging, but, um, it's been fantastic. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, there's so many things to cover in being a mom and, and giving yourself grace 
and, you know, forgiving yourself and not thinking about mom guilt and all those things that come with it. Um, but it's just been, yeah, it's been, she's turning four in January. So it's been such an awesome time together, but at the same time, very challenging. I can imagine. I mean, especially, you know, when you transition into doing it more, more or less on your own after the first year, it's like, it doesn't necessarily get, get easier after that first year, you know, kids are able to do more and to, um, you know, they're, they're creating their own little personalities and especially raising a little, little woman, I'm sure that had to be, and still does offer its own challenges. Absolutely. And then, you know, you get thrown COVID on top of all of it. Um, and it makes life a little more challenging, but there are so many beautiful silver linings that have come from every adversity I have faced. And it's really about the way I looked at every adversity, um, and tried to tackle it as, as a challenge, as a way to be a good role model for my daughter, um, and to show her what a strong mom looks like with or without a dad in the picture. So um, it's been awesome. Yeah, it really has. It's definitely had its challenges, but um, we could dive into those too. I'm an open book. I love that. This is, that's what this podcast is all about is yeah, you know, there's... I, just be open. Yeah. And I think we learn so much from the challenges. You know, a lot of, um, you know, women that I've had the opportunity, whether it's to talk with or even coach with myself, you know, sometimes want to lean away from it. And I always myself, um, you know, try to be a good example of sharing with people and, and showing people that challenge is a way through. And that's how we grow. And, and I learned that definitely from my time with you, you know, filming Fat Chance and how I know if I had not been willing to, you know, go to those deep, dark places or, you know, confront those things, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. And, and I often think about, you know, how we change through those, through those times in life. And, you know, I know that having children changes us. And I'm curious, what would you say, like, in what ways have you changed since having your little girl? Well, let me start a little bit in the beginning. When I first, um, as I, I don't know if everyone knows, I was a personal trainer and a wellness and a corporate wellness coach. So when I had, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I started gaining a good amount of weight and I was still exercising every day, training people and eating clean. Um, and I put on 50 pounds. So with those 50 pounds came a lot of shame. And instead of like enjoying being pregnant, I was constantly weighing myself and I became a crazy woman. Um, instead of really enjoying this moment of becoming a mother and jumping into motherhood. But all my brain thought was, how am I going to, how am I going to be a personal trainer and a wellness coach and a corporate coach and all these things if I look a certain way? And so I just cared so much about the, how the world judged me. And I remember, um, after having the baby, and I think so many women can relate with this, but after having the baby, they're like, oh, as soon as you breastfeed, the weight's going to fall off. Um, so I was breastfeeding. I was training like an Olympic athlete. I was going to the gym. I was meal prepping and I was killing myself for at least two hours. And I was coming home exhausted and I had low milk production and I couldn't lose a pound. And this went on for seven months. And I thought, how in the heck am I going to wake up and motivate 
and, and, and train people and try to get them to be the best, their best selves when I am struggling in my own body. Um, and so I really like the guy that I worked for at the time said, why don't you come back to work? And I said, I can't come back to work because you know, when you go work out with someone and they don't look fit, like I would, I could never go work out with someone that didn't look fit. So I was like, I can't come back until I can prove to myself um, that I can do this. And it was just, it, 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 here's the thing. I put so much pressure on myself. I really feel like it took away those really joyous moments of me just living in the moment and being a mother and enjoying this beautiful life that I had created. Um, and so that was a bummer for me to not, to be so caught up in what the world thought. And then, you know, when your in-laws see you and everyone sees you and they're like, Oh, you're still big. It's just, it gets to you over time. Um, and what's crazy is the second I stopped breastfeeding, which was at the eight month mark. Um, and I think it's okay if people breastfeed and if people don't breastfeed and, and it's different for every woman. So, you know, cheers to everyone and their own decisions on that. At the eight month mark is when I decided to stop breastfeeding and the weight completely fell off as if it happened overnight. Like a few days, weeks went by and I had lost all the weight and it was so crazy. And anyways, it was just a very like, I don't even, I can't even think of the word to pinpoint it right now, but like, talk about putting so much stress on yourself, like shame on you, Serena. Like, I'm so right. mad that I wasn't just in the moment, but like, I think what's great about what you're doing, Cheyenne is creating that community. I didn't in the beginning have that mom community. Um, and I started as I got, you know, battling postpartum depression and all these things that came afterwards, I started reaching out to mom's groups and getting those and, and voicing this stuff. And that's what really helped me keep fighting and not give up on myself and keep battling through. I mean, I had gained 50 pounds and as a fitness professional, that is look, not looked upon good. So, um, I needed, I needed the cheering. I needed community. I needed women that had walked in my shoes that had said, look, but every girl I had spoke to was like, Oh, the weight fell off. We didn't even go to the gym. We just breastfed. And I just remember like feeling so defeated. So, I love just what you're doing, Cheyenne, and women. Um, and we've all worked, walked a little bit different journey. So if you're hearing someone's story, I'm sure there's someone that can relate with you. And hopefully that gives, you know, it gives you inspiration. It gives you to keep going, not to give up on yourself. And if you want something bad enough, it will happen. But just stay positive. And my biggest advice is stay in the moment and enjoy your little because they grow up so fast. Wow. Oh my gosh. There's just so much there. So much in your story that's so relatable on so many levels. And, you know, starting from just thinking about how you, you began to change. I mean, literally, I think as women, we know about the physical change, you know, you, you know that you're going to put on weight. And, and I too, being a woman who, you know, in the past had lost over a hundred pounds. And then with you, Serena, I had lost 63 pounds in four months. And uh, knowing that I had 
more or less maintained, you know, I feared too that like, oh my gosh, like this weight's going to come on. And, you know, I don't know if you experienced this, but all of those apps out there and those stupid lists that tell you, oh, you know, it's not healthy to gain over 25 pounds yeah. when you're pregnant. And so I too, I mean, I remember watching that my, my, my husband can attest because I was like, okay, maybe 30 pounds. You know, if I don't see, if I don't see a 200 on the scale, I'm good. And then yeah, my, my birth uh, day when, when my son was born, I also, I had put on 52 pounds and I was well over 200 and, uh, it's so, it's so hard. And, and I never thought of that, um, until you had said about, you know, work, because I think there's several professions where, especially fitness professionals, it's, it just is what it is. Like you, you, you strive for greatness in that area. And, and, you know, you see this physical change happening within you. But it sounds like you also had an emotional change in you as well. Like, was that was that scary to see yourself go through that? Um, absolutely. I think the emotional change, I didn't um, know too much about postpartum depression. But as the days went on, um, I started to get anxiety and depression and didn't want to leave my house and was scared of everything. And I was like, who am I? So I think what happened emotionally is I started to lose my identity. It was like, okay, well, I'm not going to work for a while because I'm going to enjoy this time of being a mom. But then I started to completely lose myself. Like, who was I besides a mom? Like, I used to be an athlete and a trainer and a producer and all these things that I felt validated me as good enough. But I think the world, the real work happened when I was in this downtime and I didn't have any of those things. And it was, I was good enough, but I had, I had put all these titles on my resume that had made me feel like I was successful. That had made me feel a certain way. And when those were taken away or not in my life at that moment, I completely lost my identity and was like, wow, who am I? Like, who is Serena besides a mother? And um, I think the journaling helped. I think the community of women helped. And I think the worst thing you can do is be alone during this time. Um, My relationship started to fall apart. So it was like, what else did I have in my life besides this beautiful human? And so I started just really, really, that's when the self-work started happening. And maybe it's like, it takes moments like these to really figure out how to be comfortable in your skin and just love yourself unconditionally. And I think that's really what this, this was about too. Um, and so, yeah, as I learned more about postpartum depression and I reached out and got community, um, life started to improve and, um, I started dove into a lot of audiobooks um, because think about how much we train at the gym and especially Cheyenne when we were on the show like the time we spent in the gym was a crazy amount of hours but in, oh, at the end of the it day was like a job. It yeah was your life. absolutely how much time I mean we, I know we spent time on it but how like compare that to the hours we spent on our mental and emotional state. You know, and the self-love that we really need to give ourselves before we can love someone else unconditionally. And so I battled that. And I'm very open about it. And basically, I hit rock bottom and everything. I had this beautiful baby, but everything in my entire life had fallen apart and I had lost. And now, was I going to go back to being a producer 
and working 17 hour days and have someone else raise my child. I mean, these are things when women think about going back to work and um, really real things that I had to start thinking about in my life. So anyways, we're, we're doing good. <laughs> we made it through. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost, I gained 50 pounds. I lost 52 healthy, you know, at the, a little bit, um, at that one year mark. So, so I started to get it all back and, and feel good about myself again. But like the real work was really on the emotional side of things. Well, and it's and, and what I hear from your story, too, is that, you know, what a crazy time, because not only when you become a mom, especially in the work that you do, you know, being that it's so physical, that is all of a sudden trying to figure out who you are when you don't have that. But then not to mention all of a sudden, you, you know, you were a first time mom. And I think every mom, all of a sudden, no matter what they do for work, um, you know, or, or what their maybe passions are, your whole life changes and your, your priorities shift or you feel, you know, I know some women postpartum too. Um, I've heard stories of where they, they struggle with not feeling that, um, connection, that, focus, that connection. Yeah. Did you, did you have any of that? Um, with your I did a little bit in the beginning. It's really weird, but like, um, I never cried a tear. I, I don't know if women do that. I, I see pictures of women doing that when they have a baby. Um, I didn't cry. I didn't feel a lot um, when I had the baby, um, which was bizarre to me. But, you know, that relationship got deeper as the months went on. But in the very beginning, um, no, I didn't feel – I just didn't really feel anything, which was so strange to me, and I couldn't understand it. But – um yeah, no, it, it, it grew as, as we went on and now I'm completely obsessed with her and she's my whole world. But like <laughs> it was, um, and then you, the mom guilt comes with that, that you're supposed to feel a certain way. Right. And what's so crazy is they tell you to take these classes. All right. Ha like breathing classes and this class and none of that helped me with having a baby. They needed to prep me for coming home. And I'm going to tell you guys all, if moms are listening, when you post this, this is going to crack the shit up out of so many moms. But <laughs> I took these classes, Cheyenne, and I brought a G string to wear home from the hospital. Okay. Are you dying right now? Yeah. Okay. I oh, took I the classes and was like, well, I'm mentally tough. So I got this and you should have seen my overnight bag. Like the lady said, what are you wearing uh, home? And I was like, oh, I'm wearing mesh underwear that are the size yeah. of my dad's bike shorts. Okay, great. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> With about that much padding. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my gosh. gosh. But now all I can picture is you wearing said, like, diaper. And then did you put the G-string over it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we threw it out the window. I was like, oh, we can't wear yeah. the same clothes we wore before. Okay. Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, I, I hope that you still have some g, -G that you didn't completely throw away. No, I still wear them. Like I just them. never okay. was an underwear person <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, but you know what I mean. Okay. Uh, I, I, 
girl, I got you. I, I, I know many moms. Is this appropriate? Spitter. Oh, totally. Please. I want more, more of this. More yeah, of this, girls, I tried to wear a G-string uh, because I thought I was tougher than boom. most women, but it uh, wasn't the this case. This might just be the title of your episode, that, I think. Mom wears, well, aims to wear G-string. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Stay tuned. It, it made a lot of people laugh, uh, so... Yeah, but it's, you know, it's so funny because I, uh, my last podcast episode, the same exact thing came up, um, not the G-string part, but the part about how you're so right. They, they, they encourage you to do all these eating classes and in, in learning these positions and, or, or even the, yeah, the, how to take care of baby, but it's like, they don't have no classes that at least are, are popular about how to take care of mama, like how to take care of No, baby. but how you're... Uh, it's weird. And I had friends that bought me books and brought me books. And like, mm. I never talked to a woman that had a baby. They never spoke about this. And I think it's to the generation we live in. It's like reaching out to our moms that, you know, lived a little bit old school or way. Um, yeah. And even my sister. And we didn't have these conversations about what's to come after I have this baby? Like, what is your plan and how are we going to navigate this? And who's my support system? And I didn't have any of that. I just woke up and was like, Oh crap. So, um, my advice for women that are pregnant, I mean, I really think the support system is the number one thing. And if you don't know anyone and you're in a new city or you're a single mom, reach out to those Facebook groups in your area I mean, I went to, to mom's groups and I didn't know one person in them. And I went there and I was broken and I think people could see I was broken and they will be feeling, there'll be someone there feeling the same way as you. And that gave me hope. And that gave me like something to look forward to, to get out of my house, um, to start making routines and getting back into routines and getting yourself ready in the morning and just all those things that actually make you feel good. Um, I just needed to implement and then I started to feel better. So, yeah, it's like in this time of your life, you were so used to being everyone else's cheerleader, but it's like you were all of a sudden in need of it. Absolutely. And I think too, sometimes even when you have an awesome support system as a husband or boyfriend or whatever, um, I think sometimes it's really hard for men to understand why, you know, like how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. And they can't really relate. So, um, that's why also these mom groups or these podcasts or whatever are so important. Um, it's like my attitude going in and wearing the G string that that's, that can be the attitude because it was like, no, 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 no. Like you need the community, even though you don't think you do, you need these women fighting next to you. You need love. You need support. You need people telling you you're doing a great job, even when you feel like all else has failed. Um, and when I started building that, I started feeling alive again. And then let's fast forward two or three years um, because I've been you know, a corporate wellness coach for companies, but working out of people's homes. And then I go and train people out of a gym and then COVID happens. And you know what, COVID, and when we're at, at our at home for six months, COVID made me feel like a first-time mom again. Those first feelings of depression, anxiety all came back, and it was so real. It was like, this is how I felt when I came home from the hospital, and how are we going to navigate this? And I needed to build a system, 
I needed to build people around me. And so I decided to take a leap of faith and build and, and just go in all in and build my own business. And so, wow. yeah, it was like, this is so relatable to what I did when I came home from the hospital, except I had this beautiful baby. And so it was like, I need a community or I'm going to die in my home. I really felt that way. So I built the Settlemeyer Fit Club um, and it's made up of my girlfriends and the moms I made and people just wanting to feel good enough or wanting to feel good in their skin or wanting to just come and vent about life and navigate. We have, I have now built this community that makes me want to get up in the morning and makes me thrive and makes me excited. So it's like, if you can be self-aware and, and, and look for those silver linings and things that feel hard and feel challenging and scary and uncomfortable, that's when growth really happens too. So I'm not saying it's all butterflies over here because I took a leap of faith. It's still challenging, but it's like, um, I, I don't know. It was like something you, if you can look for the silver lining and every adversity, there is a chance for growth when we hit bottom. There really is. And I'm sure you, you, I mean, you could, you've always had such a positive, beautiful attitude, even, you know, and I'm sure you can totally relate on all those moments of being a hundred pounds overweight to, you know, navigating how hard it is to just go lose the weight and, and deal with the emotions. So you totally get it. And I really feel we all, as if everyone feels so divided right now, we all really are so similar. We all really are fighting the same battle, but some of us go to food for comfort and some of us go to drugs and some of us go to alcohol and some of us go to whatever it is. I used to go to exercise for like six hours a day at the gym, like a crazy person. None of it's healthy, but it's like, we are yeah. all, and that's the one thing I learned when I was coaching very overweight people. They were like, Serena, you can't under, you never, you can't, you're not in my shoes. You don't understand. But I did because I was fighting the same addictions, but differently. Yeah. I had some of the worst relationships with food, but I was fighting them differently. And so that's where I think if we can look a little bit deeper, even though we don't seem similar, we have so much in common um, and get rid of this the whole divide in the world. It's so ugly right now. It is. It is. And it's, you know, during just this season of COVID and politics, right. you're so right. I think so much is focused on what divides us instead of what unifies yeah. us. And, and we do. We, it, it, is, it is so amazing how, how often, you know, if you just let, it's like laying down your weapons, like or opening up your heart. And when you take an opportunity to find the similarities, to seek the unity with another person, it's amazing how much connection and healing can happen. Absolutely. I love everything about that. And I would, yeah, community has what really has saved my life, to be honest. And, and would you say, you know, someone, maybe a mom is on here listening and, you know, maybe for her, she's trying to figure out how to find community. Like, what would you say for you, maybe not so much of how to find it, but what are some maybe qualities of a good community? Like, what is something that stands out as a good community? Great question. And there, you, you, there are so many communities, right? Even being part of church communities. Yeah. Um, 
but you got to find the right vibe. And, and there, we, you know, there are bad apples. And of course that come through and, and shake up the vibe a little bit. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just finding, finding someone you want to be like in that group. If, if you are the best one going into that group, you shouldn't join the group. You shouldn't be the superstar. You need to go into a group of some, you find someone in that group that's like, oh, wow, I want to be more like that. Or, wow, she's a great mom. Or, you know, look, look at her scheduling and look at her, her routines and stuff. I think that will make you better in everything in life. It was like, here's an analogy of when I was a little kid, my dad wanted me to be this softball superstar. I was always the youngest kid on the team because he told me if I was the oldest, then if, and I was the best, I would never grow as an athlete. And so it was so true. I was never an all-star until I was the oldest on the team and I couldn't be on an older team. And so then I was the best. And so I think if we just keep surrounding ourselves with people we want to be like that, like, like, why do we listen to certain podcasts or, or audiobooks? Because we want to, we want self-growth. We want to be better. And so I think going into a community, find someone that makes you want to be better. And, and that will be enough motivation to continue going to be your accountability to have your own self-growth. What do you think, Cheyenne? Wow. Thoughts on that? Do you got some thoughts on that, girl? Yeah. I, oh, I got some, girl. I got some that, like, I'm like, I found my person. I go on. She's talking on my podcast right now. I go on. Sorry, I go on these tangents. I get, but you know what? I get fired up. And I get fired up yes. because it, I have passion about it. We are talking yes. about something we have passionate about. And so that's something else you should look for. Get, be around people that have passion, that get excited about things, that make you feel alive. That is what helped me. That is so, so true. Because, you know, it's like that age old saying that, you know, a misery likes company. Yeah. And it's so true because that those things will attract, but it's like, like attracts, attracts like. So to just, you know, jump or launch off of what you said, finding someone you want to be like, it's like, well, when you are depressed, you know, it, that's not the time to go, you know, listen to sad music. No. And, darken darken your doors and wear all black it's like that is the time you want to be around someone that fires you up and is passionate about life because it it is like a what's that called like a brush fire it's spread yes and if and it might be go ahead oh no yeah if i go into a group and they're all talking about postpartum depression and how it kept them down like i i might just stay down for the rest of my life you know what i mean you got to find people yeah. that are relatable too, because so many people don't want to be vulnerable and that's scary, right? Like even on social media, it's like, this is what I look like. Look at, look, you know, be like me. No, be relatable, be vulnerable. And that's the only way people can relate to you. Yeah. And that took, yeah, and I find oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, no, I was just going to say, and sometimes we have to take that first step i think so many people are waiting for other people to be vulnerable or waiting for other people to open up but i i've definitely learned in my own walk and journey is that sometimes you just got to be willing to like you like you did take that leap of faith to take that risk and just be relatable and, and almost give other people permission to be so too yeah and um here's something so my first mom group i joined 
I didn't want them to find out I was a trainer because as soon as they did, then they're all like, they all want my help and I'm over here struggling. And I'm like, so I just remember going to this first mom group and no one made me tick. And, and if they're listening, I love you all, but like, I wasn't excited. <laughs> and then they found out I was a trainer and they were like, Hey, Serena, like, what if you showed up 20 minutes early and we could do something outside? And I was like, no, I'm not here to help people. I'm here to be helped. And I wish I, I just wanted to scream that. But at the same, I, I never went back after that girl asked me, I was like, no way I'm trying to find my purpose again. I'm trying to feel alive again and I need help. And so I think, I think there we go. I think that's a good intro into not being scared to ask for help. I wanted to show everybody I was a strong woman and I could do it on my own. And my daughter's dad at the time had a business in Colorado. So he was back and forth and lived in another state half the time. And so I was like, well, I got this, but I didn't have it. And it was all for show. And I, I didn't call my mom and ask for help and have her come. I just, I literally fell apart for months. Um, and I didn't see people and it was very sad and depressing to even say that out loud, really. But, um, don't be afraid to ask for help. We aren't, we, we are super women, but we all need help. And so I think that that's great advice too, is don't be afraid to ask for help because guess what? If you get an hour, I remember when my mom did come and I went to the movie for an hour and a half and I was freaking out the whole movie that I needed to get home and I had a beer and I went home and I was such a better mom for just having the break. So don't be afraid to ask for help. So, so true and so crucial. And I've learned that, you know, I remember when I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Well, you know, like I, I related so much to you and it's funny, even in our, our mom journeys too, just, I think our, our personalities um, relate in so many ways in that uh, I too, and, and I've been very blessed to have a very uh, supportive partner and a very supportive husband. And because of COVID actually, I was very blessed with, since he was a teacher, um, he had paternity leave for about five months. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, I was I was very blessed. Um, but it's funny that even when you are surrounded by people, um, sometimes people don't know how to help uh -huh. you. And it's funny because sometimes I think we don't even know how to ask. Like, But if we really um, just, I think, open ourselves up, you know, or, or even just say that. Like, I remember there were times with my husband I had to be like, I don't even know. I don't even know how you can, but I know that I need it. And that was so freeing. And then the walls started falling down. And then I was like, oh, I do. I, I'm just afraid to ask for it. Or I'm afraid to let down this pride. Um, like you said, Serena, like I too was thinking, but I can do it all. I, 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 don't, I don't need this help. And, uh, and then we realize, I think, you know, or hopefully as women, we come to realize that we can still be super women, but we can still get that help from other super women. Absolutely. Um, I think another thing that can help too is like you just hit upon, like even trying to express to your husband, your frustrations, but it's hard is if you guys journal before bed, like, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling like this? Oh, I'm okay. Lack of sleep. Just if you, if you even did like bullet points of your frustrations or why you're feeling anxiety and depression, um, 
that can help communicate to someone else too. Like, Hey, you know, she's lack of sleep. Okay. I'm going to take a night shift tonight and I'm going to help you out. You know what I mean? Like there are so many different ways, but yeah, it's very hard to communicate how we're feeling when we're, when we're in the deep of it. Well, I just have absolutely learned so much from you and from just you opening up. And, and I look at all of these things that you've offered to us just by being, again, that the key, the word of the day, I think, might be vulnerability and just being vulnerable in your own story and seeing the arc of the woman that you were before and then becoming a new mom and, and now the woman you are today. And to wrap all of what you've shared today up, you know, in the very beginning and all throughout your story today, we talked a lot about identity and how it continued to change um, as you became a mom and just grew through these hard moments. And so I'm just curious if I could ask you, what would you say if you could describe what is your identity now? Oh, what's my identity now? Um, you know what? I have worked on taking like things away from my identity to make me... Does that make sense? Well, here's how can I word this? I mean, I guess I'm a strong, I, I want to be my identity. I'm just a strong woman that went for it, that embraced uncertainty, that wrote her own rules, that was so tired of being tired about what the world thought of her, that she just decided to write her own story. And add, of course, out of wedlock and all of the things people looked at me for not having a baby and you know, and it's so common now, but you would think people would be cool with that. But like, as I come started to just feel worse and worse and worse, I read this book um, that talked a lot about uncertainty. And once we embrace uncertainty, here's an analogy. Everyone's going to buy all the toilet paper, right? Cause of the uncertainty. <laughs> If we just embrace that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're going to be okay, if your health is okay, then that's enough for me. And so once I started, like, losing what everyone else thought of me, that's when I really found my own identity. And I wrote my own rules, and I wrote my own story, and it's okay to be a single mom, and it's okay not to be married, and you can still be a kick-ass woman and inspire and be vulnerable and share your life with the world and it's okay and it's okay to be not okay too yeah amen and so okay. i don't even know if i answered okay, your question yeah. <laughs> of my identity but i don't know i just no i'm not did. letting you, my you resume did. define my identity anymore do you know what i mean yes yes and that in, in and of itself is such an awesome answer, you know, and there's no right or wrong. Like you said, even though there's, it's okay to be okay. It's okay to not be okay. I think it's just about not letting these, uh, these definitions, these things, whether it be our resume or what other people try to tell us our resume is who we are. Absolutely. Uh, I love it. And so it's an ever flowing, I think thing as well. It's your identity continues to change as you grow and as you move on in this life. And yeah, the self-love. I really think the identity came when I started to really self working on my self-love. And so once that happened, um, my world started to become alive again. So 
I just encourage every woman to work on that self-love. And I know it's so hard. And that's why like doing the positive affirmations in the morning and at night and even journaling our frustrations can have, can help so much with developing that self-love. So and then if you want to wear a G-string to have a baby, you wear a G-string. No, don't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm so glad you pulled that together, literally. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I dress appropriately for anyone listening, but like. If anyone wants photos of what she looks like in one, uh, that's going to cost extra. Oh, my gosh. No, I love it. Um, it's funny because my really lasting questions was just going to be about if there's any resources you can recommend. So maybe get yourself a G-string. But before, besides all of that, are there any books or podcasts or, like you were saying, maybe groups on Facebook um, that you would recommend to other moms? Um. Well... I have started a like, well, I have a fit club on Facebook. And so if you guys want to add me, I have a book club and we do a book read once a month. Um, and I do a little bit about, you know, each Friday on how the book impacted me. But like, I really think self-help books, because if we don't continue to grow our mind, we get stagnant in the negativity of politics and the news and, and all this yuckiness. And so we, and so if you don't have that community of positivity, you need self-help books. You need, so I just finished one called Unfuck Yourself. And right now I'm reading one that's called You Are a Badass. So it's just, um. <gasps> I'm reading that too. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I okay. should join your book club. <laughs> yes. I'll add you on Facebook. But what's so great is I've started a thing when I start to feel low or I start to feel um, a little bit of anxiety or depression, I start my audiobook. And what what has happened so far is it gets me when I start feeling in a funk, it gets me out of my funk. And it's and it would it's so true. It would be like when you're in a funk, you don't want to be around people, right? But if you went around people that were positive, you'd get out of your funk. And so that's why we need stuff like that. We need positivity. We need mom groups. We need support from our husbands or whoever that support system is. We need that. And um, unfortunately, I had to lose all of it to figure out that's what I really needed right? Yeah. Uh, to build it back up. But go team. We're doing it. Yeah. Fitness. We're doing it. <laughs> and definitely. Fitness life momming. Fitness. Um, I know how much momming did we talk? I mean, it all is momming, but like fitness is, was so good for my mental clarity as well, especially with the mom after being a mom, like it just helped me navigate through life. So fitness really has been my saving grace too, for mental health. And I'm sure just a part of a way that you show yourself self-love. Absolutely. Yes. And that creates confidence and yes, absolutely. Cheyenne. And I love what you taught me from the get-go. And this was before I even became a mom. So it's like all these little deposits that you and other, you know, rock star women like yourself over the years start to come out now that I'm a mom about, oh, yeah, that is why it's so important to, you know, be selfish. I think selfish is such a bad word, but it's right. like sometimes we do need to 
be selfish in that we do, I've learned, it's like, you need to take that time. Um, because like you said, whether it is getting a great workout in or, you know, going to the audiobook, we are our best versions of ourselves, especially as mothers when we do love ourselves. Absolutely. And asking for that break, like, Hey, I'm losing yeah. it over here. I need a timeout for an hour. Yeah. Go do something for yourself. You will be amazed when you come back how much better you feel and you can give to other people when your cup is full. Isn't that the saying? Yes. Yes. And something else I'm, I'm hearing from you that I'm just going to add to your list of resources is that moms need timeouts too. <laughs> Kids get timeouts and I think moms need timeouts as well. <laughs> yeah. What's that movie? Um, Sex in the city when the kids are screaming yeah. and the nanny's not there yet. And she just goes in the closet, Charlotte, she just goes in the closet and shuts <laughs> the door and starts crying. And, and yes. that's okay that I've had moments yes. like Charlotte and I just have yes. one child with you guys. So yes. I yes. get it. Well, we get it. And everybody needs a Charlotte, but everybody also needs a Serena. And on that note, if anyone on this podcast would like to continue to connect with you, and uh, just, yeah, just connect, connect with you outside of this podcast. Where can they find you on social? Um, Instagram. Go to Serena, S-E-R-E-N-A underscore, and my last name is difficult, but underscore Settlemeyer, S-E-T-T-L-E-M-I-E-R. So Serena underscore Settlemeyer um, on Instagram. And then you can follow, you can even see my story on there, my 50 pound weight loss and all of my fitness journey. And I post workouts and health tips, um, and everything under the sun on there. So recipes, or you can go to Facebook and follow me. It's just Serena Settlemeyer on Facebook. Um, and I can add you to my book club too, if you would like that. I will be sure for any mom who's maybe driving or pushing a stroller right now and can't write that down, I'm going to make sure that I add the uh, info to our show notes page. You can go ahead and click and just make it nice and simple so you guys can connect at a later time. But Serena, oh my gosh, I'm hugging you through this phone right now. I feel I your energy you. and I love, uh, you know what? I will say when I, every time I saw you, like, even if I wasn't feeling my best, I would come alive because you're, when you're around contagious energy, that's what happens. Uh, well, thank you. Yes. Thank so I you. love it. I wow. love you. You're amazing. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Uh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Talk about the, the mom tears. They are so <laughs> real and don't take a lot. But I've always been like that. So not much has changed. Uh, since becoming a mom. But uh, thank you so much for just, yeah, sharing your story, for taking your time to be here with us. And I look forward to just furthering connecting with you because this is not the end. This is the beautiful beginning. And we're just going to keep momming our way forward and keep being these fierce and fabulous women. And we're just going to keep doing it. I love it. I love everything about you. Keep changing the world, Uh, Cheyenne. You're awesome. Likewise. You too, lovely lady. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Moms Matter. If you want to keep connecting with Serena, look at the show notes below, and I will see you guys on a future episode.